0: Welcome to New Life, Miami. And thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nLmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, You are Amen what? Well, it's good to be here this morning. Um, as somebody you know, this is my house as well. It's your house, and uh, it's my house as well. Um, I love new life, amen. I was going to join you guys in the men's meeting uh, at the yard. Go check it out, but Friday nights, uh, I have youth and young adults, so I'm not going to be able to make it. But my intentions were to go. I was getting out my calendar and getting it ready to go, but when I saw it was a Friday, I'm not going to be able to make it. But I know God's going to do some great things. It was refreshing today to... Be led in worship by Tito this morning. God bless you, brother. Amen. It was a tremendous blessing um, to be part of that. Before we start, I want to thank the guys in the back for your service and your work. Thank you. Amen. can we give them a round of applause this morning? Yeah. Amen. So um, I heard your, your, uh, your uh, sermon last week. I, I actually got a, uh, the beginning stages of Go For It in, in the missions trip. I know that you guys are aware of that, since uh, Lou and Pastor Regal did go with us. It was a tremendous blessing, and within that trip, uh, the Lord gave a a message to Pastor Regal that was definitely inspired by by the Holy Spirit, and um, I know that he shared it last week. I I actually um, caught it um, this week as well. The interesting part of that sermon was they caught him leading the worship song, and that was classic. So if you haven't heard that, that was classic. Rigo used to lead Poderoso all the time at New Life. Remember that? Um, as a matter of fact, I woke up Anika in her sleep this morning because I was re-listening to it, and I said, listen to this. And she, she was half asleep, but she started laughing because uh, Pastor Rigo was leading you guys in worship. He is amazing. Amen. So today's title is Go for Part 2. Go for Part 2. And um, I know that when Pastor Rigo was sharing, he mentioned um, two things that I want to catch and then go from there. And he talked about going for it, dealt with, and he used the book of John. And he talked about how it, it, it used a sense of obedience on our part and faith on our part to take this step to go for it. And we can say amen with that this morning. Amen. Obedience and faith to go for it. The message was, was uh, amazing. And, and I just want to grab that and, and go from there. And, and I just want to share my heart with you because God has been speaking to me in regards not going for it, but, you know, there are things that go against our going for it. And today I want to talk about something that the church sometimes doesn't speak. And and if you don't control it or do it right, you could get a little crazy. And and I want to talk about taking risks. Amen. And when you say that word risk, it really goes hand in hand with faith. It really does. Um, The definition of risk is this. The potential of gaining or losing something of value. And, And I don't know about you guys, but this morning... I want to talk to a people who are risk takers to take the risk because in order for you to go for something, you definitely have to take a risk. You have to have faith and you have to go out beyond what you know, beyond what you've experienced, beyond what you're trained for, just beyond the norm so that then you could go and experience that thing that God is calling you to do, right? So this morning, I want you to be with me at a place where you, you, you could build the courage to take risks and to have faith and to recognize that God is calling us for more because that's what going for it is is all about but I want to be real because I'm a real kind of guy can you say pastor be real I'm gonna be real everything in life takes a risk and takes faith you might be saying well pastor you know I don't have much faith no no you do if you drive a car in Miami you have faith you know, back in the day, we used to drink water from the hose. Remember, Tito, back in the day? And we used to turn on the faucet. How many people were from the generation that drunk water out of a hose? Can I see your hand? Right. Everyone else is looking at us like saying, you are crazy, Right. But when we used to turn on the hose and the water, we didn't give it a couple seconds for it to run out, did we, Tito? No, we just turned it on and we just put it to our mouths. We didn't know what was in the hose. That was faith. Just putting it on and just putting it to the mouth and just, you know, gulping down water. There's a lot of things we do in this life that take a lot of faith, but really we don't categorize it as faith because it's normal to human nature. But Today, I just want to be real with you here today. Today, there's a lot of things in life that if we don't take risks, we will never experience greatness in the Lord. And as we live our lives, I don't know if you've ever seen yourself in a position where you've wanted to laugh before. And you really wanted to laugh with everything that you had inside, but there was a risk before you. You didn't want to look like a fool, but you really wanted to laugh. Maybe you have a quirky laugh, or you 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 know you just wanted to laugh, but you don't because you feel maybe you may look foolish. What about that moment when you felt like crying, right? and man, God has touched you, and God has brought a word for you, and you just feel everything within you to cry. Spouses, maybe there's a moment where you really have no words to express to each other, and and really all you want to do is just cry, and, and let it all out through your eyes, because it's okay to do that, but there's a risk in that. You know what that risk is? You're going to appear weak. Have you ever seen an individual that, Something is tugging in your heart to reach out to them. They look lonely. Maybe they're begging for money and you don't want to give them money but you want to go there and show them affection and comfort or somebody who you know is going through something struggling and you want to go out there and and reach out to them but, you know, there's a risk in that too. You're putting yourself in a vulnerable position. You know, I've been at a place where I've always uh, thought expressing my feelings is a good thing where I want to express my, my feelings to somebody and I want to share how I truly feel. And, and a lot of times that liberates us from what we feel. But there's a risk in that too because you're going to expose who you really are. And what about love? I mean, we sing about it, we talk about it, you say love and anything feels good. You know, it just is what it is. It's a powerful word. But there's a risk in loving, and it's rejection. You know, the life we're living today is a tremendous blessing, living life, breathing and Experiencing the joys of of every journey life brings in whatever age you're at from high school, college, you know, out of college, career-seeking, engaged marriage, after-marriage, children. theres It's life, but there's a huge risk in life. And there's so many, I just didn't jot them down, you know. And my last one, as I prepare you here, I'm... You know, hope is a very powerful thing to hope. It's powerful, man. You know, hope conquers the unseen. When you look at your spouse and you don't see anything, but you hope for them. When your child is a certain way and you don't see what you want to see or what God has promised to you, hope will transform your situation into things that only the Holy Spirit can do. And that's what hope does. Hope will bring a smile in the midst of sorrow. Hope changes exactly what we song about today. Hope is a powerful thing, but there's a risk in hoping, and that's you being let down. You know, in life, it's a hazard to not take risks, it's a hazard. You may be saying, wait one second, it's more of a hazard to take risk than not to take risk." And I disagree with you because if you don't take risks, then you're not really living life. The person who, who, who takes no risk does nothing, has nothing, and is nothing. If you don't go for it, you'll never achieve anything. But to go for it, you must take a risk. You must come to a point in your life to recognize that as Pastor Ego shared the examples of David and you guys shouted, I think Ali shouted out in the background, Jesus, and people were just shouting Mary and all these people, all that stuff is correct and it's right and yeah, they went for it but you know what behind the scene and in this mind there was a risk that every individual had to say am I gonna do this or am I not gonna do this because if I come down from heaven unto this earth they're gonna reject me because when I conceive this baby they're gonna think I'm a whore but when I go up against this giant this giant has slayed everybody every individual that went for it at one point or another had to make a decision do I take Take the risk. Give the Lord a clap offering this morning, amen. It's true that the person who takes no risk may avoid suffering and sorrow. It's true. The individual who doesn't take the risk and, and lives by sight and ignores faith, they will experience any suffering or any sorrow, but I'll tell you one thing, they will not learn, they will not feel, they will not change, they will not grow, and they will not live. The definition of risk, once again, as we've covered some of these, some of these uh, terms and, and, and stuff, it's to gain or to lose. And when you hear that, what do you think? To gain or to lose? What do you think about that? Just shout it out, anybody, participate here. When you hear that, it's to gain or to lose. What jumps out at you? <clears throat> Very good. <clears throat> Anyone else? To gain or to lose? Heaven. I go ahead. Heaven. <clears throat> Heaven. I say to gain or to lose, and some of you are still focusing on the lose. And I want to let you know today that in life, you're so focused on the loss and the fact that you can lose that you don't understand the greatness of gaining. And the honest truth is, is that in Christ, even your loss is a blessing. Listen, I'm going to (laughs) just... Even your loss is a blessing in Christ. So it's a win-win situation, brother. The key is it's a value. Your wins and your losses are valuable. I've met people before that say, oh, let's celebrate our wins. Let's celebrate our losses. Because no one learns from a win. No one goes back and looks at records. You know, football season is coming up. I don't know if I have some NFL fans here. You're looking at a fanatic here. You know, not many victors look back and say, well, let me see what I can fix because we won. They go back and say, let me fix something because we lost. So even in your risk-taking and in your faith and in your going for it, I want to let you know that God will bless you no matter what, in the loss or in the win. So let's get into this this morning here. Uh, Risk definitely deals with faith. And as you've learned the definition of risk, and you know that this life deals with risks, I want to use an example today of, of, of an animal here. And um I sent a picture, and hopefully it came to you guys. If, if you have that picture, Maestro, if you could put up that picture. Do you know what that is? Anyone know what that is? A what? Anyone know? It doesn't matter if you don't. I I, I didn't actually know the exact name of it. It's a what? Whatever. It is an Impala, right? <clears throat> an Impala. Actually, it's an African Impala. You know the cars in today's day and age? It has that circle, and it has that little figurine there. That's what, what that is. Do, do you know... This impala here jumps uh, 10 feet up in the air. Do you guys know that? No, neither did I. I just figured it out once I started doing the research on this topic. Many preachers act like they know it all, but really they just know it all that morning because they studied all week for it. So I just want to be honest with you guys. The impala jumps 10 feet up in the air, and this is, I'm not lying here. You can go look it up. 10 feet up in the air and 30 feet horizontally. Somebody say 30 feet. If it, maybe you looked at this picture and you said, man, you know, um, I've kind of seen it before, but I just can't put the name to it. Well, you probably saw it before because these guys are in, in the zoo. In the zoo. Why, why am I saying this? Because in the zoo, if you've been to the zoo, you'll notice that what's holding these individuals in a secluded area is a three-foot fence. So you think to yourself, man, that's some dumb animal, right? Here's the thing. It's been proven that if you put something in front of this animal that messes up their vision to the point that they don't see where their feet will land, they won't take the risk to jump. So the animal uses an option of safety instead of experiencing freedom. I just want you to think what you thought about when I told you that this thing jumps 10 feet up and 30 feet horizontally and I told you that it's kept in a secluded area with a wall of 3 feet. What did you think of the animal? What a stupid animal. Tell me you didn't think that. So I want to ask you something. If, if the enemy were to put something before you or create a certain environment in your life or maybe you grew up in a situation that you were a product of abuse or a product of a broken home or you were a product of a poor upbringing or you were a product of something that the enemy wants to create of who you are, maybe, just maybe, in today's day and age, we've created a fence that is very low and the reason why we don't take that step is because we don't have the ability to have faith that will lead to the risk to jump over despite what we don't see on the other side. Just maybe, just maybe you are paralyzed by fear like this animal and you called yourself stupid and myself stupid because the honest truth is that sometimes we allow the things that are before us not to see the things beyond it. And what the Bible calls us to live is a a life by faith and not by. So if we could just be a church that just makes the jump. And to be honest with you, the jump that we're going to take. Bless you. The jump that we're going to take and the risk that we're going to take. We've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. And see, greater is he who is in you than is in the world. So. Pastor Regal was talking about going for it and his focus last week was the authority, the identity, which was amazing. But once you got your authority and once you got that identity in Christ, it's time for you to do something. How, How powerful is it for you to know that you are a child of God and you have authority in Jesus if you don't go pray for the sick? How good is it for you to know the power and the authority and the identity of who you are if you don't function with what God has given you? Like David was told, right? Prophecy came. David wasn't even home. They found him. The word came to David. Listen, you're going to be a king. You're going to do this and you're going to do that. And David was far from that, so far from that. Pastor Rego spoke about how the lions and the bears were his his training ground for the Philistine, and all that is great, but if David didn't move out of the training into the actual plan and purpose of God, he would have died being an individual attending sheep and protecting them from bears and lions. So today, my goal here, as I've I've given you an introduction, and I've set you up, and I've given you some definitions and some examples. Is to get into the Word of God and see individuals that not only recognize their authority, their power, but they took a step in what God had given them. And it's very important here today that everybody recognizes what God has given you. Because in the midst of going for it and taking risks and having faith, there will be things that come against us that will prevent us from doing what God has called us to do. So today, I want to kind of like kick down that three-foot wall, and I want you to understand that you're a giant in Christ. So, there's a parable in the book of Matthew, chapter 25, and we're going to read through these verses. It's verses 14 through 30. I'm going to read straight through these 15 verses, so bear with me. And then I'm just going to jump back and forth. But I need you to listen and read with me so that we could be on the same page. Can you say amen? amen? All right. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14, it says, the parable of the talents. And we'll, we'll get into this and we'll talk about this. And I promise you I'll put all this together and hopefully the Holy Spirit will do something in our lives here today. Amen? Verse 14 says, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. Very important in verse 14, that the kingdom of heaven is like. So this is a parable, something supernatural to explain something physical, right? Understand that what the parable is teaching us here is that the individuals, what they possess is not theirs. It's not theirs. It doesn't belong to them. Somebody else gave them something. Verse 15, and to one he gave five talents. Scream with me, five talents. Scream like there's a thousand people here. Five talents. There we go. And another, he gave two talents. Scream that. Two talents. And to another, he gave one talent. Say that. One talent. Now, I want you to listen very closely here because it will remove every frustration in your life. I'm telling you, every frustration in your life, at least when it comes down to this situation. It says, he gave to one to each other according to To his own ability. How many of us know that you have your own ability? I'm going to keep going because then I'll just stay there a long time. And immediately he went on a journey. Verse 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. Verse 17. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also verse 18 but he who had received one went out and dug it in the ground and hid his lord's money verse 19 after a long time the lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them there was judgment here we go verse 20 so he said listen listen to this so he who had received five talents came and brought the five talents saying lord You delivered me five talents, and look, I have gained five more talents besides them. So, look what his Lord says. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into joy. Hmm. Verse 22. He who received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I have gained two more talents besides them. Now look at verse 23. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. I'm going to stop here because I want you to see something real quick. might open up your eyes a little bit. One has five. Who, who wants five? Can you raise your hand if you want five? Come up, butter. Come here. Stand there. Now two talents. Who wants two? Raise your hand. Two, th- two talents? No, they wanted the five. You moved. Come on, girl. You got two. You're going to be happy you raised your hand, I promise. Who wants one talent? Come on, brother. You might be saying, man, um, I feel sorry for the one talent. And you know, the two talent isn't too bad, man, but I'd really want to be the five talents. You know, in today's day and age, you try to average out what the worth of a talent is. And if you Google it and you look it up and you do all the research and everything else, um, it, it, it's described into weight and silver and, and just the, the economic process of the Bible times. So one talent equals about $1.25 million. Don't feel bad for the one talent. And obviously if one talent is $1.25 million, then we keep going onwards and then you're, you're a little bit more of a baller in today's day and age, right? You, you, you're, you're going up and then imagine the five. Whoa. This guy's taking everybody out to lunch after church, right? There's, there's a lot there. But I want you to see something where we're not talking about you yet, okay? We're, we're talking about the two and the five talent now. The five talent comes before the Lord and says, hey, you gave me five talents, and I gave you back the five talents. I, I, I'm going to give this back to you. And you, you got two talents, and I'm just going to give back these two talents to you, Lord, right? And, and now the individual looks unto you and says, good job, faithful servant. I want to ask you a question. Did the individual look at the five and the two and say, well, you gave me five and you gave me two. I honor the five more? Did he do that? He didn't do that. You know what he did do? And, and the, the honest truth is that he didn't favor one or the other because their rewards were the same. Your rewards are the same. So the one who wanted the five just has a little bit more responsibility. And the one who has two... Fulfilled her responsibility as well. And it's awesome to understand this because in life, you're going to understand that when you present something to the Lord, if you do what God has called you to do, God is going to look at you and say, good job, you're faithful. He's not going to look at the amount of people in the church. He's not going to look at the amount of missionary trips you took. He's not going to look at anything but the fact that you took a risk with what he gave you and you did something with it. And when you do do that, depending on whatever level it is, your ability, like we spoke about, then at that point, God judges you and says, good job. So the woman with the might that gave pennies to the Lord, that's why God looked at her and says, you're blessed. Because she gave from what she had. I encourage you today to understand that as we're not even anywhere close to midway or halfway done, to understand that God is asking you to bring what he's blessed you with. God isn't asking you to bring him what so-and-so is blessed with. So don't make the mistake and judge your offering and your production on somebody else. You may be seated. So then we're going to look at at this other individual here that we don't want to be as an example. And I don't want you to, you know, use this as an example that you want to be, but we have to hear it. It just is what it is. Verse 24, Then he who had received that one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seeds. Verse 25, this is how this person is explained. I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. Verse 26, but his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. You know, the individuals that we're talking about today are individuals that were taking a risk. Individuals that had before them the opportunity to go for it. I want to let you know that we are these people here. God has blessed us and deposited in us something of great value, amazing value. And God blesses us and gives us our gifts, our talents, our salvation for a specific purpose. And, and I want to crush and kind of get away from the individuals that feel that you don't have to work in this Christian life. I want to let you know that you have to work in this Christian life. You know, I believe that there are Christians who hold on to the salvation bus ticket onto it so tight that they sit on the bus stop waiting for Christ to come or for their time to come up just to get into heaven when God has called you to make every opportunity here work for his glory and his power. And that's what it means to go for it. So today as as we've read these verses, there are some things that I want to grab from here first of all. In order for us to go for it, in order for us to take the risk, we must work. We must work. Look over to the person next to you and tell them work. Tell them that. Work. Work. Yep. You know, how many of us get lazy at times? Oh, Jesus. You know, we've been blessed with such a great gift in Christ. And so many times we as individuals can become lazy, weak, our minds scatter, our eyes are placed on different things. We we we, we understand that there's a lot of things going on in this world, but we just sit back and, and, and we're just not aggressive. Pastor Ego shared a message on going for it. And I don't know how many of you were stirred with it, but maybe you were stirred at the moment, but then you went home and you saw the reality of the fact that you have to take a risk on this and that you have to have faith on this. And there might be things in your life that have created walls and and gates where God is telling you, I will bless your next step. Father, I just don't know what to do. I don't know what's going to be on the other side. And God is saying, just jump over it. I've given you the ability. Like the person with the five talents, he went out, he invested. There was a chance it wouldn't come back and it wasn't his money, but he invested it and he got back what he needed to get back. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, I want you to read this verse with me here because it's going to help us out this morning. In the book of Ephesians chapter uh, 2, uh, Ephesians 2, verse 10, it says this For we are his workmanship. Somebody say workmanship. That's right, he's working something out in you, right? It says this Created in Christ Jesus. What are you created in Christ Jesus for? For what? You're not called to sit at home. You're not called to absorb everything you receive and intake it and not take it out. You're not called to sit around and just claim to be a Christian and do nothing about it. As a matter of fact, he identifies you with Christ Jesus to do good works. You guys looked over that last week in regards to you doing the works that are greater than what he did, right? We talked about that. But you are his craftsmanship. He is creating something in you. That means that everything that has happened, everything that is happening, and everything that will happen, God is working it out for his glory. And it says this, not only for good works, but it says which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I want to let you know that God has already predestined and pre-prepared all things for you already. So going for it should come naturally. Having the ability to take the risk should come naturally. Naturally. The fact that God says, I chose you, I called you, that you have your faith in Christ. The fact that God has given you different abilities and different talents and he's blessed the church. It's for all of us to go out and go for it and have the risk-taking ability in our lives. Every single one of us. But I'm here to tell you that not everybody is called to kill Goliath. That may bother you a bit. And that's where you sit back in frustration but I'm here to tell you something here today that not everybody is called to do what certain people are called to do and we see that in scriptures God blesses some with five God blesses some with two and God blesses others with one he doesn't give everybody five he doesn't give everybody two and he doesn't give everybody one and look in my life, and, and I'm just going to be honest with you this morning, you know, I was saved young in my age, I, I got saved at an early age to the point where, you know, Tito's here, here, here today in my neighborhood, I, I brought my closest friends to the Lord and at that age I presented Jesus to Tito when he came to church with us and the story's history. And, and at an early age, I felt a calling to serve God, and I was involved in the church, and I, I started preaching at the age of 15, and I've gone to, I don't know, 11 missionary trips, and I've, I've you know, I've, I I oversee you guys, and I have the opportunity to work with Regal one-on-one, and, and the way Miami, my God, it's, you know, it's growing 300 people, and it's amazing, and all this other stuff. You can look at me, right, and say, man, I want that. But in reality, listen here, in reality, sometimes the individual who has as this doesn't want this because of the responsibility because at the end of the day all the hard work that I do I can travel across the world have a thousand people in my church and do everything that in your eyes is glorious but if you go feed the homeless because God called you to feed the homeless and you serve as an usher because God called you to be an usher my reward in heaven is the same as yours So it's easy for us to go for it if you bring it down to what God has called you to do. When I hear go for it and I see Mary conceiving through the Spirit, how many women say, yes, hallelujah, glory to God? That's impossible for you. You know, you see the story of Peter walking on water, hallelujah, praise the Lord, let's walk on water. I have a pool at home, Jesus, I'm going to walk on water, and you sink right down to the bottom. I know that God has called certain people to do certain things that I'm not called to do. I do know one thing, that what God has called me to do, man, I'm going to go for it. Man, I'm going to take the risk and do it because I know it's what God has for me. You know, and as we brought up these three individuals here and you saw the individual that just got one talent versus the two and the five, You might think about it and say, man, I I said it, you know, you you, you may feel bad for the individual who got that one talent, but let me be honest with you, it's still valuable. And you know, once you accomplish what God has called you to do with that one talent, then he will give you more. And the one then becomes two, and the two, the individual who got two then becomes three, and the five then becomes six. And when you're faithful with that, then you move on, and and you continue doing things in the Lord, and as your stages of life move on, then you could go for it, and you can build that risk factor, and you can build your faith on the Lord and say, Lord, no matter what, I'm going to jump over this fence because I know that on the other side you're going to hold my foot. It's very important for us to realize that we are created to work for God, to serve God. And and today, I I, I hope that you look inside of your life and see, God, where is it in my life that you're calling me to work in? You know, there's so many people in the church that are talented that don't do anything. So many. Many. There's individuals in the church who can sing like angels, but they don't want to give up their time to go practice. There's people who have a grace with children, but yet they they don't want to miss anything in the service. There's people who have a tremendous personality, but you know what? They don't want to sweat outside parking cars. So you look at somebody else and you say, no, what I want to do is what so-and-so does because he's in the air conditioning and he does this and he does that and he gets a lot more recognition and all this stuff. And in reality, the recognition of man means nothing because at the end of the day, who rewards is God, not man. And you know what? The reward is the same for the person who speaks up here and the people who park cars out there. Give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Amen. I'm gonna be honest with you guys and I'm gonna be real. Can I do that? Pastors have a struggle. Um, I've been pastoring now for almost 20 years. We have a struggle. At the age of 22, I had the struggle. At the age of 40, I had the struggle. You know what the struggle is? Comparing yourself to somebody else's ministry. It's a struggle. It's a struggle. Where people start ministries, and in three years, they have thousands of members, and you've been ministering for almost 20, and you have 300. It's a struggle. You can get super Christian on me and say, oh, you know, blah, 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 but let's just be real. In social media, when you see somebody's marriage, you're like, oh, I wish I could have their marriage. Because, you know, the grass is greener always on social media. You know that, right? Yeah. It's always greener in social media. It's always, the grass is greener in, in Instagram always. It's like awesome. It's the best thing. Did you see my, my uh, anniversary post I put on Instagram? That was awesome. Though. Love you. You know, we had, some, we had some cups, right? We had some cups that says, I love you till the end. I don't even know what the cups said. My wife said to do the pose. I don't know what I was doing, really. <laughs> but we all have problems looking at other people's accomplishments that we want, right? I said pastors because it's something that, that relates to me, and I'm open. I, I don't care. I, I say it like it is. It's, those are issues we have. And you as an individual, maybe it's not pastoring or a church and you really don't care about it, and obviously I get that, but maybe you see something on social media that it perceives to be a certain way. And then you look at that and say, man, I want that. Man, I I want this. I want that. And listen, the biggest mistake we could do is compare our lives to other people. It's the biggest mistake you could do. And then compare it to other people. Oh, man, I'm coming before God and, and I only have two talents and... Look at this person. They have five talents. You know what? I'm just not going to go for anything. I'm just going to sit back. And I, the reality is, is that God just wants your two. He doesn't care about that. He doesn't care about the person who brought five. That person's supposed to bring five. He would have been condemned if he didn't bring five. And you know what? You needed to bring too. You brought what you had to bring. And my my point this morning is, is that when you go for it, God has graced you and gifted you in a way where you need to bring what God wants you to bring. And yes, we can look at the stories of Mary conceiving immaculately, Jesus rising from the grave uh, in three days. We can look at all these stories as encouragement, as things that we look at and say, man, God strengthens people to do these things. Why can't he strengthen me to do what he's called me to do? Use those stories like that. Because if you use that story to say, Jesus, my next baby, I want an immaculate conception. That's what I, I want to be like Mary and I want to conceive immaculately. Put on the GoPro, put on your iPhone, set it up and say, Jesus, I'm going to take this step like Peter did on your pool. Say, I will walk to the other side. Do it. You won't put it up on social media. I guarantee you won't put that post up. But they did it. They had to do it. Because God gave them. You see the verse that people use when God gives you much, he requires much? You guys know that? Well, I want you to remember the statement in the second verse that we use that God gives to your ability. Your ability is the measuring of the much. See, when we say God has given you much, that may be to run a gym. And when God says God has given you much, that may be to be a house mother. That's your much, and that's their much, and you're required much in that. You wish maybe you were a house mom. You wish maybe you were a gym owner. Keep wishing. God gave you, and God gave you. Do something with that. You know, these three people had to, you know, really make a decision. I have something in my hands that it doesn't belong to me. Imagine if I wrote a check of $1.25 million, and I said, here's, uh, here's this money, and I've worked hard for this money. If you misplace this money or do wrong with this money, I will kill you. I'm going to give you this money. You ready? And I'm going to give you this $1.25, and then it goes on and on and on. I'm not very good with numbers, but you guys know it continues going on in millions. You have to make a decision. Am I going to take the risk? Man, this guy gave me a lot of money. It's valuable to him. Am I going to misuse this? You know, you have the precious gift in Jesus that God has given you. Don't be scared, man. Some of you today don't act out because you feel like you're going to be a failure. Or maybe God will not back you up. Or maybe your past experiences won't allow you to act it out. But you see, if God didn't trust you with it, he would have never given it to you. Maybe he didn't trust you with the five, but he trusted you with the one. But today, I want you to get this here today. I really want you to understand that the revelation of God will really come into your heart today and in your mind, and it will produce an action. What you have has been given to you by God. It is not yours so if it works, it's not on your own strength. The fact that you're going to reproduce that one talent, it doesn't come out of your own strength. It comes out of the Lord. It's not even yours. So many people are so concerned what they're going to do with Jesus and the gifts that you've given me, and I don't know what I'm going to do because imagine, how am I going to do this and how am I going to do that? How am I going to accomplish this? And how am I going to do this? I'm I, I just going to keep this and, and I'm going to hold on to it. And God is saying, it's not yours. Just use it. I'll produce it. But you must take a risk. The individual who had one talent, and I'm going to ask Tito to come up here. The individual who had one talent in verse 25, he said this in verse 25. Lord, I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. You know, If I tell you today a statement, I want you to tell me what you think about this statement. And if you're taking notes, it might be a good time for you to write this down here. Do you want to know what God is most concerned about your life? It's not your fruitfulness. It's your faithfulness. It's not your fruitfulness. It's your faithfulness. And well, what does that mean? Well, when you see me walk into the church with a bag of apples, and I say, Lord, these are yours, and you come in with your basket, and you say, Lord, these, these are yours, what well, God wants to know if you were faithful with it. Because if you're faithful and you bring me a basket, and that's what you had to bring them, praise the Lord. You know, if the person with five would have bought back two hundred and fifty. He would have been wicked and lazy as well. You know, God is more important in your faithfulness than in your fruitfulness. If you're more concerned about what you can do versus the reasons why you do it, you have a problem. If you are totally absorbed with being faithful with God, then the fruitfulness will come. It will come. One thing is sure. That if you're faithful, you're fruitful. If you're faithful, you're fruitful. And that's what matters here today. Look, I wish I could stand here today and say, let's all go for it. The next mission trip, or, I don't know, the next homeless outreach. Look, today I have an outreach at church. And um, I know in that outreach... I'm going to have people that are going to go hug the first person on the street. I know it. I know there's going to be somebody in my church that's going to go up to somebody and they'd wash the feet of the homeless individual. I know there's people in our church that will go and embrace the transsexual dressed as a woman and as a man in the street. I know that we have them there. Embrace them and pray for them. But then I'm going to have that one person who's just there. But for them to be there is glorious in itself. And I'm not going to look at the person who's just there, very timid and very meek and say, I want you to go pray for healing of AIDS on that person. Go for it. I'm not going to do that. What I will do is this. Hey, you want to come with me and pray for somebody? You don't have to pray. Just come with me. Yeah, sure, Pastor, I'll go with you. Come on, let's go pray for somebody. And then me, because you know who I am, I'll take the shoes off. I'll wash their feet if I have to. I'll hug them. I have snot all over me. It just is what what it is. And then maybe, just maybe, from what I did, maybe the person next to me just gets encouraged and God speaks to their heart. But the reason why I say that is because in a church and with a group of individuals, everybody has a measure. And you have to understand that. Look, Pastor Regal has a measure that if I try to do the things Pastor Regal does, it's not going to work out for me. And Pastor Regal won't try the things I do because it's not going to work out for him. You got to know your measure. You got to be secure in what God has given you. You got to recognize that what you have isn't yours. And what God has given you is enough. It's enough for you. You know how I've conquered my demons? Can I be honest? Because that's just who I am. Obviously, you know that. I've conquered my demons in my life by recognizing who I am in Christ. Who I was in Christ and who I'm going to be in Christ. You're looking at an individual who was dyslexic, was on pills, couldn't read. A disaster, man. An individual who grew up with a father, an individual who his father was homeless and addicted to heroin, cocaine, and every drug possible. That's who I was. And if I would allow everything I've experienced to create a wall, forget about jumping, I wouldn't even have visibility to the other side. I'm not supposed to be married with a family. I'm not supposed to be. According to the numbers, I'm supposed to be divorced and in jail. Like my father was. I'm not supposed to be here and doing this. <laughs> Some of you are like, well, it was great. Uh, now that I know that, that's, that's, that's it for you, you know. Know who you are. Somebody told me this morning, I'm new here and I thought you were Pastor Javi. And it was awesome that she said that because I wanted to use this example. For those people who don't know, God joined New Life, which a lot of people here, I married them, I presented their babies. Um, uh, This is my house, by the way. It's also my house. You guys mean a lot to me, you know? And um, I joined New Life with my brother's church, who were all the same fellowship, but I had to now pastor with another individual. And you guys might be saying, well, it's your blood brother, so it's easier, but you can't even have a hamburger place with a family member. You can't sell a ham and cheese sandwich with your sister. It's hard, man. Uh, You know, it's hard. So when I started pastoring with Pastor Javi, and you guys have seen him before, and those people who know Pastor Javi and know me personally, I mean, we're different, right, Tito? I mean, how different are we? Very different. You know how I'm able to pastor with Pastor Javi? Because I know who I am. It took a lot of years to recognize that. It took a lot of years to recognize my talents and to see what God has given me and for me to produce at my level and what God has called me to do. So Pastor Javi can do whatever he wants. He can oversee 15 churches. He's going to be the president of our fellowship one day and I applaud him for that because that's not what God gave me when you come to the point in your life where you stop looking around yourself and seeing what everybody else is doing, the fact that you're not married yet, you're not engaged yet, you don't have children yet, you don't have this yet, and, people, and you look at people's lives and where they're at and it just brings, you know what it's going to do to you? It's going to build that fence higher and you're not going to see the other side. I encourage you to jump where you're at I encourage you to go for it where you're at. I encourage you to analyze your heart and say, God, I want to take the risk. I want to be filled with faith. I'm a child. I want to go for it. But have the right perception on going for it. Don't go for it the way I go for it. And I won't go for it the way you go for it. Let's just be faithful. Let's just be faithful. Be faithful with what God has given you. Grab your one. Don't make it two. Grab your two. Don't make it three. Grab your five. Don't make it six. Because we want to do so much more. Just do. What God called you to do, when you're done with your one, you're done with your two, and you're done with your five, you'll get something else. Don't try to make more of something because a man steps in. And then we start doing all this other stuff to make it bigger and better. And the church that was supposed to be 300 is now 3,000, but they've paid a great price for that. I don't want to even get into that this morning because I won't stop this morning I want to talk to the frustrated individual if that's you then this is for you this morning the individual that knows that God has called you to go for it you've identified authority in Christ in your life but you just haven't made the step to do it because you just are scared, you're fearful and you look at your life and you're paralyzed because you don't see the outcome you will never see the outcome of anything in this life before i had children and before i was married nobody would have told me i would have lost six kids in the process and nobody would have told me that my second child my boy is going to come out with a high functioning state of autism nobody would have ever told me that nobody But if I would have known my life before I acted, I may have just been scared and done nothing. But I'll never take back every decision, every heartache, and every pain that I've gone through in my process. Because although in the world they look like losses, they were victories. Give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Amen. can't I look at Ali and Kevin's life as a testimony man and sometimes if people were to tell you that your jump entails certain struggles you won't jump but how many of us know that that jump was the greatest experience we've ever had in our lives So there's a reason why you can't see. And there's a reason why God wants you to live by faith and not by sight. Because if you look at the process with sight, you're never going to take a risk. Take the risk, church. Go for it. Go for it in your own means. If there's something in your life today that God has called you to do, and you've allowed life and a circumstance and a situation to prevent you and you've grabbed what God has given you and you've been fearful and you you grabbed it, it was valuable and you went away and you hid it and you're sitting in the bus stop of salvation God is telling you to get up and work if you have a gift and you've been talented in a certain area and you're holding out on God in this church man I hope I'm I'm stirring something within you, man, to start somewhere, somewhere. Start by parking cars. Start by passing out water. Do something. Do something. Because what God has given you, he doesn't want what he gave you. He wants what you did with it, And that, he wants you to throw it at his feet and say, here it is, Lord. It was you anyways. Have it all. So today it takes a very honest individual to say, I'm doing absolutely nothing in my life right now. The Word is great. Man, it pumps me up. I'm going to go for it one day. I'm a child of God. I got power. But if you're sitting there in fear and doing nothing, just come to the altar today. Let's pray together. Let's sing to the Lord. Let's worship. If God spoke to your heart today as I was sharing this message, listen who cares who's around you be the first one up it doesn't really matter let's seek God together and let's pray together I'm going to ask everybody to stand with me this morning if you want prayer so that God can move in your life so that you can act out and risk if you want to be filled with faith that can go past your sight man if you're that person that As you get on social media, you're depressed more than anything else because what you have isn't enough. If you're looking at individuals with what they're doing and you haven't really looked deep down inside your life and seen that God has blessed you. And even though you think your life is a blessing and you look at everything that you've gone through and it's blessed you, at times you see yourself murmuring and complaining and saying, God, it could have been a different way. Jesus as you make that decision to come forward I close off with a testimonium this, this is my personal testimony do you know how many times I've told the Lord that I don't want what I have some of you are probably saying you're lying and before God Almighty I'm here to tell you today that I've told God so many times I can be the best church member ever. I can tithe good, I can serve good. When I go to church, I can leave church with my family and not deal with anyone else's problems. I can actually sit in my house and worry only about the problems of my wife and my children. God, I don't want this life. I've said that so many times. But I hear God's whisper in my ear saying, I've given you five. And you're accountable for five. I've graced you for it. So today you may feel like you don't want what God has spoken to you. God is telling you today, I've created you as my handiwork in Christ Jesus for good works that I've prepared for you before time. So if you need prayer today, let's sing this song. I'm not going to lead you like Pastor Rigo here. I'm going to let Tito take care of that this morning. But if God has spoken to your heart here today, come up to this altar, man. Fall to your knees. Come close. Come close. Let me know who you are. Let's pray together. And let's sing. Tito, can you lead us this morning?